Hello again, thank you for tuning in. As for right now, we are still in a lockdown, even with a curfew these days. And this means that this episode was recorded from the safety of our own homes. Luckily, we have technology and the internet to support all that. But there are also some things in life we just cannot control. For instance, neighbors who decide to do the laundry during a podcast recording. So, a little warning before you start listening. There are some background noises in this episode that I wasn't able to get rid of completely. But with some technical support of Student Radio Maastricht and especially Big Thanks to Sachit, we were able to minimize the disturbance. So, hang in there. The noise comes back on a few points in this episode, but it disappears after two or three three minutes, so no need to let it stop you from learning all there is to know about being a dyslectic student and entrepreneur. If you are also struggling through this lockdown, like we are here in Maastricht, be sure to join the Student Life community on Instagram, that is at student underscore life underscore coaching, and always feel free to send me a DM if you're looking for some extra support, free exercises and tools, or just to have a chat. Enjoy this amazing conversation I had with Pietro about dyslexia and what it means to us. And if you want to hear more of Pietro himself, go check out his podcast, The Italianpreneur, and check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Stay healthy, stay safe, and let's get that dyslexia awareness going. There is not a manual that tells you how to be a dyslexic, what to do, how to solve problems. <laughs> You're already the, um, the black sheep, so, you know, whatever, fuck it, just go and do it, you know. Yeah, nothing to lose, right? Exactly. Personally, I am used to failing, used to not getting the grade that I deserve, you know, like not succeeding in certain things, but I learn on the way. And that's, that's what dyslexic people do, they learn on the way. You are listening to the Student Life Podcast. I am Katinka van Kan, a student life coach, and in this podcast I discuss different topics and challenges around life as a student. And I do this with students, teachers, and other professionals. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Student Life Podcast. In this Student Life Podcast, we will talk about dyslexia. What challenges do students with dyslexia have to deal with? How does a dyslexic mind work? And is it actually a superpower? With me today to talk about dyslexia is Pietro. Welcome, Pietro. And before we go into our conversation, what should we know about you? First of all, uh, Katinka, thank you for having me here on your podcast. Really happy. So who am I? Uh, I'm Pietro Ferracini, Italian. Probably you can tell from my accent. 22 years old. I'm a student currently studying in Bordeaux, France, uh, pursuing my double degree. I study international business and I run a startup, which it's called uh, Pausa CBD. And I also run another startup in the past with a couple of friends where we're importing wine uh, from uh, Italy to the Netherlands. So I'm really into the entrepreneurial scene. Uh, and I also say uh, run, co-run uh, a student organization called Founders Club Maastricht, where we help inspiring student student uh, in the world of entrepreneurship yeah so a lot of entrepreneurship in your life yeah that's super awesome so we're today we're going to talk a little bit about dyslexia and studying how that all works so tell me why does that topic interest you so much well uh, I would say I didn't get to choose that uh, I kind of was born dyslexic <laughs> so that, that's the start I actually trace it back to my dad being dyslexic and he passed it down to me because uh, it, it, it is transmittable let's say through uh, your genes so therefore that's 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 where I am also my brother is dyslexic and I'm not only dyslexic but I'm dyscalculic as well and dysgraphic so what that means is that 
I write like a, like a chicken, we say in Italian, so very, <laughs> very badly, uh, difficult to, to read, and I have big troubles with numbers, that's like my biggest thing, and overall uh, I'm dyslexic, which means that let's say my brain decodes uh, languages in a different way, and uh, kind of my, my own path. Yeah. So that's a whole bunch to deal with if you're not really good with letters, not really good with numbers, not really good with anything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you're good with businesses and studying. So. I, I people. I'm good with people, that's it. Business and studies, uh, maybe, but right, uh, I, I have a good connection with people. That's, that's my thing. Very important, very important. Yeah, let's start with defining what we are actually talking about, because I'm also super, super extremely dyslectic, so I'm very familiar with the topic. I bet there's a lot of people that will listen to this episode that are also interested in it. Maybe they have dyslexia themselves or they recognize it. But for the people who do not really know what it is, can you explain a bit, like, what is dyslexia? Sure. Uh, I can try to give my own interpretation of what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, therefore, let's, let's try. So what dyslexia is to me is, as I previously explained, a, a different way to uh, decode language, to decode numbers, to really look at the word. And that entails many different things. It's just sort of a different way to, to do things. And uh, it can be yeah, numbers, letters, or, you know, understanding the word. And yeah, it's, it's very personal. It's, it's difficult for a dyslexic person to uh, express what being dyslexic means because it's such a personal thing. You just see things in a different way. And uh, often it get, it's hard. It's harder to, than an average person to, to do certain tasks, solving an equation or reading a book. Yeah, reading a book, for example, it takes me ages for me. Uh, I love yeah. audiobooks for that. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> and podcasts. And podcasts, perfect. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I recognize that. Something I learned actually for my... Um, yeah, I don't really know what the proper English word for that is, but kind of like your high school thesis. Mm -hmm. We had to do that uh, to finish high school, also do like a small research. And I did that on music and dyslexia and how that works. And that was actually the first time when I really understood what is happening in my brain. So what I got from it was that we learn to read, we learn to write, and everything that we learned as one part of the brain, I don't know if it's left or right, but let's say the left part of our brain takes up new information, then sends it to the other side, and that's where it's saved. So that the next time that you see it, or you have to do it, if we're talking about writing, your one part of your brain can get the information back from where it's saved. Okay. And with people with dyslexia, and I bet it's the same with the dyscalculia. Dis, dyscalculia. Yeah, that's a different word. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's kind of like a miscommunication in the brain. So things are not saved properly, but also when you have them saved, you cannot get them back easily. Something that I always experience is, is that if I'm writing, I make like the weirdest spelling mistakes. But when I read something back, like the day after, or when I read something that somebody else wrote, then I do recognize the mistakes. No. I don't know if you have that as well, but that's something that I always thought was so weird and very frustrating as well, writing something for on an exam, for example, and then reading the exam back in a week later or two weeks later, and I'm just like, oh, how how could you write this? Like, it's so yeah, don't stupid. tell me about it. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> and then on that moment, I, like on an English exam once, I wrote I, which is one mm -hmm. letter, and I wrote it as E-E-Y. And I, I read it back and I'm like, I don't know what, what went wrong, but apparently something went wrong. Um, yeah, so tell me a bit, what does it mean specifically for you? What are things that you would say, this is what, what dyslexia means for me? 
So uh, we, we can look in different ways. We already talked about the negative side. Uh, I can tell you a bit about the positive sides that I get yes. from being dyslexic. So as dyslexia being a different way to decode the world, you can really apply to many things. Like I, I found uh, an artistic side of myself that I didn't know existed, which really allows me to be free in certain ways and uh, and draw, uh, like paint or whatever, like express my artistic vibe with a lot of freedom. And also the interpretation of what I ended up, you know, drawing or painting. It's just only up to me, uh, hard to tell. So this is something I find. And also problem solving. I think me as a dyslexic person, I have a different way of looking at problems, which gives me an edge in uh, problem solving. Because uh, I, I can I can think upside down, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that that could be useful sometimes. It, it, it could be useful. And another thing is, I said that I'm good with people. That's one of the few things that I uh, I found recently that uh, I recognize after looking back at my life, I'd, I'd see it happening. And like my teachers used to tell me in uh, elementary school as well. And I'm also good at interacting with people, understanding them, well, their emotion better than some other colleagues. And that is also an advantage, being able to interpret their emotion with, let's say, a better understanding of it. Yeah. And that's something like that. And then, yeah, some negative sides, uh, for example, uh, yeah, exams you mentioned, that's just terrible. Everything that is structured, everything that is made by, let's say, someone else. Talk about an exam, multiple choice, for example. You know, for some people, multiple choice, it's amazing. You know, you have a structure, you have only four options. You cannot really, you know, fuck up. It's very yeah. simple. It's one, one of the four options you get. For me, that's terrible. It's just being limited, being stuck in a structure that is not a structure that I made, that my brain made, really puts me in a, in a difficult, you know, like my, my engine goes in overdrive, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard for me to decode what the question wants from me why there are only four options like my brain is thinking about 100 more but not those four it's just you know it cannot be captured in this sort of a square way of thinking and i mean we live in a society that does not allow any deviation from the norm and we at dyslexic we are the definition of deviation yeah and in a good way (laughs) hopefully Uh, and yeah that's that's how i find myself sometimes Oh, have you had a lot of discussions with teachers over the years? Yeah, you can imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I very much recognize it. I think you phrase it beautifully that you're, if we look at from the bright side, you're very free in a way. It's also something I very much recognize myself that we're not, uh, we, dyslectic people, <laughs> yeah. not limited by the rules in language, which is not always super handy, like you say, with tests or with exams or studying in general, reading, you know, the, it's all a structure. But that does give a lot of freedom to just do and discover new things. And I think that's definitely uh, probably why you are so in the entrepreneurial world, because that is a world where you have to experiment and have to find new solutions and new ways and innovate projects or ideas. And so I think that fits very well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if we talk about studying because you are a student you're studying besides all the business and entrepreneurial activities that you do how does your dyslexia influence your studies now or maybe in the past because i can imagine i don't know when you were diagnosed or when you discovered when you were dyslexic for me it was quite late in high school i don't know if it was earlier for you if you say that your dad's also dyslexic and your brother can you tell a bit about how how that is or how that was for you yeah 100 percent 
Well, let's talk about first when I uh, discovered to be dyslexic. I was fortunate enough that my elementary teacher found out that I, yeah, I had some troubles at school and it was not that I was not putting enough effort or anything. And she correlated that with a lack of, uh, let's say, academic attention. I was very hyperactive. I always being a crazy hyperactive kid and I'm still am like, uh, I'm, <laughs> staying, I'm the same kid now. And she was like, she, she, you know, she did one plus one. I was like hyperactivity and like uh, some like sketchy uh, results in tests. Then that, that must tell something. And then she, she talked with my mom and then we, uh, we went to a specialist that, you know, they give you those like huge tests that take like two and three hours and they test, yeah. you know, your memory, your ability of uh, playing with numbers, recalling numbers backwards, fake words, interesting things that I've never seen. And, uh, and afterwards I found out I was dyslexic. And I also think that we don't really talk enough about dyslexia, especially in school. Like, yeah, I, I found out to be dyslexic, but I didn't really know what that meant. Mm. I don't even remember the specialist uh, explaining me in a tangible way what being dyslexic meant. And therefore, yeah, I found myself, you know, with difficulties, but I was never looking at the bright side of it. I was never told uh, how to, you know, leverage it as, a, as an opportunity rather than uh, something that can drag you down. I, yeah, I was given tools, you know, I was given calculator in school, uh, using mind maps and a lot of things, but I was kind of lost in the middle. So for many years, it's been like that. And uh, I carried that out, of course. And university, I think, was the hardest thing. Like my first year where every single exam was multiple choice. And that was like literally yeah. the death of me, my death. <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. I was in uh, in that because uh, for the records, I uh, did my studies in the Netherlands in English while my high school was mainly in Italy. And there we have often a lot of oral examinations where, you know, you get interrogated in a subject and you need to talk to the teacher, right? Paired with, uh, you know, writing exams. And I always excelled the, at the oral part and underperformed in the writing. And that kind of balanced things off for me. But at university where I didn't, didn't have that opportunity, I only had those written exams. I was failing and I was kind of blaming on myself, my ability of like recalling stuff, and my memory, and you know, it kind of dragged me down. But then I was lucky enough to uh, kind of uh, sit together with myself and understand that, that there are other paths, there are other types of university that value different uh, ways of learning, which I was lucky enough to uh, go study at Zurich, still Maastricht, where they value more the practical approach where you collaborate directly with businesses instead of memorizing frameworks, which I find way more uh, interesting and useful for your future life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, so then I found my way by, by failing, by uh, failing the first year of university and then being uh, redirected, thanks also to an advisor at the first university, master of university. So thank to him that uh, pointed me in the right direction, let's say, where, yeah, I managed to, to get through. Yeah, it is a bit of a journey. I think it's what, if we talk about dyslexia or ADHD or any, air quote, learning disability, I always see it as superpowers, definitely. But it is, it is kind of a journey to figure out what does it mean for me? How can I actually do these things I have to do? And what are the amazing things that I have that nobody else has that is maybe not dyslexic? 
So I'm, I'm happy you got there. Are there like specific things that you need for support or that uni or Zuid for you can provide that support you in, in learning or being able to take these tests? So the thing is, I come from Italy where being dyslexic, it's really taken seriously uh, academically in the sense that they really support you. They understand the problem. They, for example, give you extra time. Mind maps that you can consult during the exams that, of course, have been checked by the professors beforehand. And calculators, you know, pretty much all the tools that you need to fight on a playing field with the other students for the yeah. best grade, that's it. Whilst when I went to the Netherlands, the situation was flipped. I find out that actually there recently the regulation changed and the students with dyslexic disorder or whatever you want to call it, uh, lost some privileges, some tools that they could use. And they were only reduced mainly to extra time and being able to use a calculator for some exams, which of course was a downgrade for me, especially the mind maps, because I was big on mind maps. I, I've never been like the best at it, but they, they were really useful to recall concepts. You know, in mind maps, you have only the essential points that can help your brain make the right connection. Like I would remember things, right? But it's useful to have some sort of a breakdown point by point of, for example, the wars uh, that uh, have been fought in Africa, right? And yeah. being the dates there, for example. And then, you know, oh, I remember, yeah, the, the, the war of this population. And then, you know, you, you recall what happens there, but you need something like that can trigger your brain into it. And having lost that was, uh, was pretty, a pretty big thing for me. And uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons which uh, dragged me down, let's say. The first yeah. yeah, being a, a child from Dutch education, that is not even an option I ever got making mind maps. Okay. Uh, I think that would definitely have helped. I did have some tests. I studied social work, also outside, open book okay. tests. So then you are allowed to have either your book there or uh, have your own notes there. But uh, those were just specific tests made for that. Uh, with a normal exam, definitely no fucking way that you can have your own <laughs> notes or a mind drive or something. Uh, it's something that I always uh, asked for was having my exams printed out on A3 to oh, have yeah. them printed out bigger. And that really, really helps me. Like that's that's the difference between getting like an eight or a three. Um, really? okay. And because when the letters are bigger, I also do it with my music. My music teacher, she still prints everything out bigger for me. Also, sometimes she rewrites the music because I'm very sensitive to fonts, very sensitive to fonts. So some fonts, I just cannot read. There have been books that I would have loved to read, but after three pages, I'm like, nope, this is just a font that doesn't, it doesn't work. I don't get it. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, and I've had discussions with uh, universities or with high school, definitely, where I just asked them, can you print my exam out in this specific font? Because for me, it's easier to read. And yeah, they usually say it's too much effort. Luckily, there are some teachers walking around that love to take that effort for a student, if that means that you can have a better result. But yeah, if I hear you speaking about how you got some extra guidance in Italy, it's definitely, uh, I think there's more that could be done here. Yeah. Although I do, because I hear a lot of stories, obviously, as a coach, I'm in touch with a lot of students. And specifically, if we talk about Maastricht University, it's so different per faculty as well. And I think that's something that our system can maybe adjust still, that we all get the same opportunities. 
Um, and that guidance is the same everywhere. I don't think it should be that dependent on what teacher you have or what mentor you have yeah, that can arrange right, yeah. these things, right? Let's talk a bit more about your superpower because you already mentioned a little bit what special talents you have because of your dyslexia. Can you maybe name some examples? Because you have a few businesses, you have the work that you do for the Founders Club, you started your own podcast as well recently. Yeah, that's what are things, can you maybe give specific examples of a situation, a story, whatever, like what? Sure. Sure. what is your what are your superpowers all right yeah well you mentioned that i started my own podcast and i think i see a pattern there you know like starting things i think one of the superpowers could be the kind of the, the desire that i personally have to go ahead you know start an adventure like I'm, i'm i feel that i'm very adventurous i i like risk i like taking responsibility in that sense for my own actions like i want to do this then i'm gonna do it i'm gonna you know start my own podcast, even though I don't know nothing about it. And you probably can agree with me yeah. <laughs> going down that path as well. And, Absolutely. <laughs> and same with the businesses. It's like, it's something that a lot of people would not dare to do. But I don't know, because you're dyslexic, because you're, let's say, different from the, the average, you're already the, um, the black sheep. So, you know, whatever, fuck it, just go and do it, you know. Yeah, nothing to lose, right? Exactly. And we, we are kind of, uh, I mean, personally, I am used to failing, used to not getting the grade that I deserve, you know, like not succeeding in certain things. Like, for example, I'm not coordinated at all, but I played tennis for so many years. That was always super difficult for me. And I used to fail a lot, right? So because of, let's say, my uh, affinity to fail, I think I have a, a positive return to it when I well, you know, start a new adventure, which is sometimes a travel, sometimes uh, a business deciding to you know, import wine uh, from a country to another one, which I didn't know anything about. But I learned on the way. And that's, that's what dyslexic people do. They learn on the way because there is not a manual that tells you how to be a dyslexic, what to do, how to solve problems. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you, your brain is unique and it's different from the others. And therefore, it's up to you to figure out the right path into uh, sort of direction that you, you choose yeah absolutely i think that's beautiful and something i mean we're talking about dyslectic minds and brains now but i think it goes for everybody obviously there's a lot a lot of people that do perfectly fine within the school system but still i would love for them to sometimes live in live in my mind for a day and see you know there are other things you can do i think that's the luxury that we got that you don't fit in that profile so you have to find different ways to do things and that maybe that means that you come closer to your yourself quicker in life that's something that I've experienced obviously with starting a business on pretty young age I think relatively not as young as you were <laughs> but still did it pretty quickly after I finished my studies and yeah that's something that people don't just do but also with running a business just doing new things every day I very much recognize that what you say that I every day I have another idea and I want to start something new yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not scared anymore for things to fail I try things and if it doesn't work fine uh, I can try something else that's also exciting yeah. <laughs> there's more things to do and um yeah and, and you can structurize it just the way that you want it right exactly that's also the beauty of it in the sense like i feel i mean i don't know because i haven't experienced it yet but i have this feeling that when i'll try to work for someone else let's say in my one of my internships in the future or one of my jobs i feel that i'm gonna have a very hard time complying with you know the structure that they put in place the probably. hierarchy there is yeah exactly probably very, very <laughs> likely <laughs> from what i know so far it's gonna be tough 
And that's why I also think entrepreneurship, it's, uh, it's, it's a very interesting path for myself and probably for dyslexic people because you get to craft your own ship. You get to choose your own crew that fits with you, with your like weirdest personality. You know, you yeah. can find other weirdos out there. It's full. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> there's enough weirdos out there for us to connect to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that, that's, that's what I want to push, you know, uh, create your own things, do your own stuff, be different. And uh, yeah, being dependent of someone it, it, is limiting and it's limiting your creativity. And some degree, some people are perfectly fine with that or, or, or love it, you know, love knowing exactly what to do, when to do it. I hate it. I like to create my own schedule, knowing what I want to do, when I want to do it, when I feel like doing it, which is also sometimes a disadvantage because, you know, we as dyslexic get so many inputs, so many ideas, you know, like I could start a business every day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't call think me, that's... Call me for your next business. <laughs> All right, I'll call you. I'll call you up. And, and, and that is, you know, a lot of input. It's amazing. It's great for creativity, great for, uh, for example, brainstorming. I, I love brainstorming. It's like one of my favorite things. But what I sometimes fail at is, let's say, follow through to that brainstorming. Like, okay, go gr grab those concepts, write them down, categorize them, and like put them into actionable uh, tasks or, you know, goals. That's where I feel I'm lacking. And that's why uh, in the field of entrepreneurship, in the field of doing things on your own, you can choose people that complement those skills. You can find someone that is really structured, is really good at you know, nailing those points down. And that's the person you want in your team that can help you there. And yeah. I had this, this experience, um, you asked me for practical exa example, and I completely failed to give you any. I'll try <laughs> to give you one now. Uh, in my first startup, Vino Veritas Italia, I partnered with Thies, this Dutch guy, which really has like a very, let's say, German way of doing things, you know, is like ABC. There is no way you can go the other way around, right? Yeah. And it was very challenging at first to, you know, uh, talk to him, like engage him, tell him, like, okay, what's my way of thinking? But once you kind of unlock and you destroy this barrier, then we found a very good synergy between us. Like I, I was the confused guy with millions of ideas, and he would be like, no, this is too expensive. No, this is not going to work. And, and this, this could actually be possible. So well, let's think about that, right? He will give me a structure in this craziness of my thoughts. So yeah, an advice for uh, our audience, find the complimentary people if you're dyslexic, they can really help you out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's, um, we're gonna round up our conversation soon, but I want to know your tips and tricks. So that's definitely a good one. Find these people that have the other side of your yeah. talents, you know, we all have different talents. So I think it's amazing if you find somebody that you can connect with and that you can both uh, like be that strong of a team together. And what other tips and tricks do you have for, let's say maybe dyslexic students, people that know that they have dyslexia, or maybe when they're listening to our podcast now think, hmm, <laughs> might be that a thing for me. <laughs> yeah, that might've been it all these years. Uh, but what if you're not at that point yet where we are, where you enjoy it, know how yeah. to work around it. And you know, what when you, discovered your superpowers yet what if you're right before that what tips and sure. tricks do you have for them uh, well first of all don't fail like me uh in the early stage to uh recognize that you have some benefits from that there are, there are superpowers so that like, we're telling you now to dyslexic people think about it because there is something that you're better at than the average right because you are different from the average so first thing first then i would say really pay attention to 
the methods that works for you, the pathway that you feel comfortable taking, which could be you know, mind mapping or other tools, for example, something that supports me in my daily life, literally I use every single day is Grammarly. Probably a lot of students already use it, but if you're not using it and you're dyslexic, you're missing out. It's a great tool. You need to pay for it for getting the premium version, which I get, but that's definitely an investment worth it. I also use it. There's another software that I use for a, sort of a Grammarly, but in French, because I study in French now, some of my courses. Unfortunately, they're not as good as Grammarly yet, but it, it's something, you know, it can help you out with the spelling, with like all the feminine and masculine, which is terrible in French. It's so hard yeah. to memorize everything. It's just <laughs> difficult. Then what other tips uh, do I get? Um, let's see. Probably, yeah, finding complementary people. And also... This is less a practical practical tip, but what really helped me is to be open about being dyslexic. Like, learn a little bit about it. Listen to podcasts like this one, right? Listen yeah. to the Student Life podcast. You, you'll get a lot of tips there. And, and learn about dyslexia. Understand who you are, you know? That's as far as science has gone. Like, you need to know what is going on. And then you should be open about it because it's something that you shouldn't keep for yourself. It's something that, you know, you, when you join a new team of international people, you're like, yo, I'm dyslexic. I'm going to make a shit ton of errors. Don't give me numbers because I fucked them up. But I really get, I help you guys with brainstorming and I'll be, you know, the leader of your group because I'm good at motivating, good with connecting with people. So you need to find your traits and you need, you know, to call out the little, you know, inconvenience that you, you bring with yourself. And yeah, that, that's really one of the most important things. Like, be open about it. Talk, yeah. talk about it. Absolutely. I think reaching out is for anything, any challenge that we have in our life, but definitely for this. Uh, hearing you say that now, I'm also getting a lot of memories from my dyslexic path in my life. And I think that is something that for me also really helped me out. First of all, also finding other dyslexic people. Like I said, I got the, the diagnosis when I was, I think, 14, 14 or 15. And then I met somebody in high school who was also dyslexic, but he knew since he was like six. And I had an amazing connection with him right away because there were certain things that worked the same in our mind. So that really helped me out. And he understood it already, what it meant, uh, what tools helped for him that I could try out. So I think it's, if you can find other dyslexic people, definitely talk to them and see what you can figure out. But also just telling people, because I mentioned it right away, because, you know, I have my business, I have three diplomas and people always expect very highly of me because of that. And then when you write an email, email and it's just sometimes my emails are just bad <laughs> and my whatsapp messages they're horrible <laughs> but when you just tell people like you know always feel free to correct me I say that on Instagram as well um, I was teaching in elementary school when I was studying for an internship and I told these kids they were nine and ten years old I told them you know I'm your new teacher I'm dyslectic so feel free you know if the teacher writes something wrong on the board feel free to correct me people love that That's they, they can have yeah they respect that as well can have some fun with it if you make funny mistakes in language I think <laughs> a lot um, and then it, it kind of takes up the pressure for yourself as well that you have to do everything correctly you have to compensate for everything you don't there's there's amazing things that you can do and uh, don't, don't try to be a regular person 
boring. Exactly. We don't need that. Exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> don't try to be a regular person. This is where I think I got stuck as well, you know, like, because what are you doing constantly? I mean, now again, with social media, the more it's just comparing yourself with others, right? Yeah. We live in this bubble, you know, like you're always judging yourself because you're putting yourself against these other people. But first of all, everyone is unique. You, if you're dyslexic, you're even more unique, but you're unique anyway. And therefore you shouldn't take everyone else as a benchmark. Yeah. that to, to evaluate your performance or your, you know, everything. Because it's gonna, it's gonna drain your happiness, right? It's comparing yourself, it's not useful for the, for happiness. It's just, you know, your, your own thing. Yeah, your, absolutely. Your way. Thank you, Predo. And I think you're doing amazing with everything you do. You're dyslectic, you cannot handle numbers, you cannot handle anything, but still you're Italian studying in the Netherlands in English and now in France in French. I think it's unbelievable that you can do all these things. I think it's amazing how you worked around all these challenges and how you can enjoy all your superpowers. Uh, I'm very excited to be in your podcast as well, because yes, uh, yes, everybody yes. that's listening, there is a podcast about to be recorded in five minutes. So that's going to yeah. be for yours. Throw in all the socials for so everybody that listens. Where can they find you, your businesses? Tell us all. Yes. I'll also put it in sure. the description, but let's mention exactly. it here. Well, if you're in Italy, you uh, should check out uh, pausacbd.com. That's where I'm helping uh, a small farmer sell uh, CBD products, which some of you might know what it is, but it's, it's, it comes from the plant of hemp and it helps with many diseases and also relaxation. Then uh, you can find me on Instagram at the true Peter, and you can find uh, the Italianpreneur on my uh, Instagram or on its own page on Instagram. And yeah, just, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Pietro Ferracini, shoot me a message. Always open uh, to have a chat with people. It's great. And listen to the podcast. I will put everything in the description so people can find it there. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me about dyslexia. Let's hope that we, um, we can connect to all our fellow dyslexic people around the world. And for everybody that's listening, you're amazing. Find your superpower. You do you. And we don't need anything more than that. Golden words. And thank you very much, Katinka, for having me on your podcast. It's uh, always beautiful to have a chance to speak openly about dyslexia and hopefully help other people to do so too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Student Life Podcast. Do you know another topic that you feel needs to be discussed? Or is there maybe a challenge in your student life you would like to talk about? Well, don't wait any longer and get in touch with me. You can send an email to info at vankancoaching.com or find Student Life Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And maybe I will talk to you in the next episode of the Student Life Podcast.